All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number. What the hell are we on? Seven? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with seven. Episode seven of um, Fresh Brains Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Scott. And I'm Brian. Brian, welcome back. Good to be back. Took a little la- little vacation from us last week. We started spreading some rumors that you might have been dead or kidnapped or in, tied up in the basement of some random cottage somewhere. But uh, as it turns oh. out, you're you're OK. You're alive and well. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. In fact, uh, I, I gave the listen, gave, gave a listen to the podcast last week. It was pretty good. I, uh, so who was you guys watched the uh, the collector, right? The collector, a, a, a grown up home alone. <laughs> you know, I'd never heard anyone describe it that way until I heard you. Which, so first off, weirdly enough, I've actually seen that movie. And I don't think I've seen the sequel. I didn't even know there was a sequel. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I maybe want to go back and rewatch it. So I guess I guess that's on the list of things to do this weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, obviously, you heard my thoughts earlier. but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. Noah, it was fun to have Noah sit in. So uh, for any of the listeners who haven't checked that episode out, it was it was a good one. Uh, Brian was unavailable. And Noah from the Midnight Drive-In was kind enough to to sit in and fill in. So we didn't have to miss miss a week. Um, actually, that's not true. He was going to be here anyway. He was going to be a guest for House of a Thousand Corpses because he and I were chatting and he heard that we were doing a Rob Zombie movie and it has... Um, Let's just say uh, opinions about Rob Zombie. <laughs> so I thought that would be it, it would be a great, great way to go. And, you know, not not to bias or to influence your opinion in any way. But it was going to be a fun little discussion to have somebody who has no understanding of, of Rob Zombie and his history and his reputation. And then somebody who has a very strong opinion of, of those sorts of things. But that's still forthcoming, so give it. I think I've got our next couple weeks planned out. We had a couple of listener requests that I want to be sure to get to, but uh, I would say maybe we'll still hit it up in November or December, but we'll, it, it, it'll, it'll still happen. So cool. Yeah, but, sorry about uh, that. It will not happen tonight. Okay. Because we we just couldn't. I mean, this is this we're recording this now on um, the twenty sixth Wednesday. By the time this goes up we're basically within spitting distance of the best holiday of all time halloween oh i thought you were saying thanksgiving no (laughs) (laughs) and i mean you just can't possibly do a horror podcast without discussing some halloween themed movie the week of halloween so i and i figured you know better the week leading up to Halloween rather than the week leading after, although maybe we'll do some more Halloween after. I don't know. But <laughs> it's it's been this interesting discussion of just trying to figure out what's the perfect Halloween-themed movie to do for somebody who has not seen any Halloween-themed movies. And this has gone round and round in my head. I've had discussions with other friends about it, other horror fans and, you know, the, the two big ones which were really, really weighing on us were Trick or Treat, which I know you said you've never seen. Yeah. And is, is an annual watch for me, usually on Halloween night. Uh, it's it's an anthology film. It's just a complete blast. Uh, same director who did Krampus. I don't know if you've seen that one yet either. Oh, I think I have actually seen that. Yeah. So he's he's really nailing the, the, hallo- the ho- holidays. And unfortunately hasn't made any more but I'm, I'm really holding out for that michael doherty easter movie because there there's got to be one in a, cooking around in his brain somewhere <laughs> oh that sounds that sounds horrific <laughs> <laughs> um, horrible eggs everywhere so it, we, we could have done trick-or-treat but i thought no it would be it would be heresy to not introduce you to the 1978 john carpenter's halloween Ooh, so another john carpenter okay yes another john carpenter movie probably his most well-known i mean not, not most famous i should say i'm gonna reserve saying his best because i want you to decide that i'm not gonna influence your decision in any way um so you i guess we'll start with you you've obviously never seen this nope 
do you, I mean, to my knowledge, you haven't seen any Halloween movies? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, I, yeah, I, I haven't. I don't think I have. I don't know. I get them confused with Friday the 13th, I guess. I only like seen two of the Friday the 13th. Are they both guys in masks? That's true. Okay. No, so I, very, very different, though. Um, although there's some idiots out there who get it wrong and can confuse them. But, um, yeah, there's Halloween's its its, its own thing. I, I can't really say much about the whole franchise. It kind of turns into a mess as time goes on. But um, the the original is is considered by many to be to be a classic. Um, again, don't really want to influence you, but it's it is well regarded. I think if you've heard anything about horror movies, you know that people pretty much love this movie. I'm very excited and interested to see how you feel about it because the you don't know its reputation. You don't know that it you know whether it's it's good or not if if you didn't grow up watching it um you're gonna have a completely different take on this and i really want to hear whether this is the kind of movie that we all love because we're supposed to you know it's kind of like saying that star wars is good or the beatles are good like you know you're you're not allowed to say that they aren't (laughs) but (laughs) at, at the same time i think in a lot of ways that's true that they are great but how, what 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 happens when you introduce that to somebody who's who's brand new and doesn't have the nostalgia, doesn't have the bias, doesn't have the rose tinted glasses? Where do you fit here? So, um, do you know anything about this movie? I think after I said the mask, I, I mean, I think you told me about it maybe a day or two ago, which is pretty early for you. Um, and I saw the picture that you you texted me. So I think that's that's literally all I know. I think there's a person in it who goes around killing people, I guess. But that's that's literally all I've got. And now you said John Carpenter did it. So I've kind of got some expectations for it being kind of well filmed and paced. Can you give me the killer's name? Do you know that much? No, I don't think so. OK, interesting. So you're going into this totally, totally fresh. Jason's Friday the 13th, right? Correct. Yeah, that's that's all I could think of. Okay. This is going to be this is going to be hella interesting. I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited too, I I guess. I uh how many listen we have enough listeners I I'm going to get hate mail if I trash this movie. <laughs> uh I doubt it. I think we have enough listeners who have been writing in or, or you know communicating with me to say like they love the concept and they're having a lot of fun hearing what you have and haven't seen. Um, I've gotten a lot of comments from people about they're really surprised you have seen this, or they're really surprised you haven't seen this. Uh, I have not heard anything that is contrary to your opinions or giving you any sort of shit for, you know, having the the different you know the the, the non um the popular opinion I, I guess okay cool uh, no if anything most of the uh or the closest thing to hate mail that we've gotten is from my, my friend brian wolford who has given me shit because i erroneously have given wrong facts <laughs> in episodes <laughs> He's 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 one of those that's just like a walking encyclopedia of all things horror. And uh, yeah, typically the day after or the day the episode comes up, I'll if, if I've said anything incorrect, I'll I'll hear about it then. So, oh, that's so funny. Cool. <laughs> most notably, and I, I actually did make want to go back and, and correct myself on this. He brought up a, a really good point um, when we did the scream episode was that I was giving way too much credit to Wes Craven for all of those ideas and concepts, which, you know, Wes Craven was obviously hugely instrumental in that movie. But, um, but yeah, maybe I shouldn't have given quite so much credit directly to him. Um, and that it was actually the, the screenwriters who kind of already had most of those ideas. So Kevin Williamson wrote the script and, a lot of that idea, the meta-ness, like that was already 
kind of set in stone before Wes got his hands on it. So Wes still did a great job, you know, uh, directing the film, but shame on me. Should have given more credit to Kevin Williamson. Kevin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't be too hard on Scott. He showed me an awesome movie. You know, it's kind of, those are deep details too, right? I don't think I ever get to really hear, I guess this is horrible for screenwriters out there, but I don't think I ever get to hear about the screenwriters writing stuff. But um, but as a side note, I thought it was really funny because after we watched that that weekend, my some of my friends were, were like, we should we should watch a movie. And I was like, oh, guys, I have a great movie for you. Have you seen <laughs> Scream? And they were like, yeah, of course we've seen Scream, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you guys want to watch it again? And they're like, no. It's, uh, <laughs> and I was so disappointed. <laughs> Did you say, hey, have you guys ever seen this movie called Found? <laughs> no, I actually n- never tell people to watch that movie because I, do- I don't want them to disfriend me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think every horror fan has a couple movies on their shelf that they, they wait to pull those out until they're strongly convinced that the friends that are coming over are also good horror fans. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, there's... We we understand, but there's a little too much judgment there. <laughs> oh man, I introduced this uh, this friend who's I discovered he likes some horror movies too. I, I guess I know I know I'm the fresh one here, right? But man, he hadn't seen The Descent, so I introduced him to The Descent, and boy, did that blow his world. He loved yeah. it. Great. So, oh man, yeah, I'm getting less and less fresh as you introduce me to more of these movies. So. Yeah, so I'll give a little bit of introduction to Halloween before we jump into this. Um, The original concept that they had, at least from the the rumors I've heard, is that when this movie was first created, their their concept and their idea was that every year around Halloween, they were just going to make another film called Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, whatever. But it was almost going to be... like an uh, an anth- not an anthology. An anthology implies that there's multiple stories per one movie. But the idea here was that every year when they came out with another Halloween movie, it was going to be a completely brand new story, unrelated to the previous ones. It was just going to be here's yet another Halloween movie, and you can kind of look forward to one coming out every year in October. And this was the first idea uh, was you know the original Halloween John Carpenter made, and the, the concept was let's make a movie and just set it at Halloween and it's about the boogeyman and that's it. Um, this movie never intent was intended to have sequels. There was never a franchise and the way this movie ends was intended to be the end. Like there was no sequel in mind and we'll kind of get to, what happened after that, after you've seen the movie, because I don't want to accidentally say something that would spoil it. But um, yeah, this this was inti- intended to be a very standalone film about the boogeyman. And, you know, they'd go next year or the following year, 1979, they'd do something completely different. So they were going to do, they sort of planned on like a Halloween, I guess, anthology. Is that the right word? Where they have a different, a movie called Halloween, but it's totally separate from the previous year's movie. Right. Right. Just a Halloween themed movie set on Halloween, but not in any way related to the other ones. Interesting. And then they, they couldn't because the first one supposedly such a huge hit, right? Yeah. And I'll, I'll get into why and kind of what happened, but I don't want to spoil too much about how this ends, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all you need to know going in. Um, I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be a fun one. I'm kind of shocked the amount of information that you you didn't already know about it. So you you're literally coming in, you know, fresher than I anticipated. So <laughs> yeah, I guess so, huh? I, th- I think this will be good. I uh, don't want to build it up too much. I just want to get your your fresh take on John Carpenter's Halloween. Okay, go get the popcorn, Scott. I'll get the lights. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so I'm 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 trying to keep my reactions in check because I, I need your unbiased opinion. Anything. <laughs> What'd you think of Halloween? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I people are gonna hate me for this, but I I didn't love it. I guess. Okay. I, I think it had a lot of really good scenes in it. Like I think, like Carpenter's does a really good job with like lighting and point of view. He just shoots really good creepy scenes and movies. So I definitely like appreciated a lot of it, but. I think I needed a little bit more, I guess, because it's it was creepy, right? Like he sort of like stalks people. Um, but I think there was a point where I was like too much stalking. And then I felt like it got a little more predictable. And then it was kind of like uh, these are the horror movie kind of rules kind of thing. So, like, I really enjoyed it, but. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was like my most favorite movie. I think like the thing is way scarier than this. The thing was the first time I saw the thing, which was not too long ago, that was like horrific. <laughs> okay. Nick got a couple of things to dig into there. Okay. Um so when you say you needed a a bit more like better pacing more action more kills more blood like more what i guess it was like you just sort of get used to like looking for him and you know oh he's gonna be there and then he's gonna be there he's gonna be there it sort of got stale maybe a little bit because in the, the the whole first half of the movie is just sort of he's popping up over here he's popping up over here and for the first I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. It was actually pretty creepy. Like, you heard me, I jumped a few times. I'm like, ooh, creepy. But then s- somehow it got not creepy. I don't, I don't quite know what happened. But by the time the friend was in the laundry room, I, I somehow wasn't creeped out by it so much. Hmm. Okay, but w- what about, like, toward the end when... I feel like the reveals of Michael get so much better. Like the, it's not just him showing up places. It's, it's the characterization. It's the mannerisms, like the, the two most famous, well, I guess two of the three most famous shots in this movie or the ones that are most talked about are perfect examples of this. One of which is the, um, the scene, which I, I, thought i heard you react to but you know laurie's standing there in the against the wall and michael's in a dark room behind her and like the lighting is just perfect and he just starts oh yeah that was great yeah that was a great scene there's like i don't know it was it was interspersed with like some really great scenes but then some almost funny scenes like the ghost where he's dressed up as a ghost like that Mm -hmm. started off super creepy but then it I think it just sort of went on just a little too long and then it stopped being scary. If that made sense. Yeah. See, for me, that scene works because it's, it, it lingers long enough to just to go from being, Oh, that's creepy to, okay, now it's funny. Okay. Now it's awkward again. Like <laughs> there's, if you've ever tried to like freak somebody out that way, like it's very effective to just not move or talk or anything like, at first, it's, yeah, like I said, you can creep somebody out because they weren't expecting to see you, but then, and then it became funny. But like, if you, it, it eventually is just goes into this awkward, prolonged, like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. You're now just kind of freaking me out. And it kind of worked. You know, you could tell it started to work on her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it worked on me too, but I guess like she gets up and she goes over to the phone and like, 
the suspense sort of left it for me, if that makes sense. It sort of broke the tension okay. a little bit. But it was creepy. I think, I mean, it was almost like a little too realistic, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like that's how that scene would sort of go. I don't know. Well, right. And I, I guess that's that's what I'm surprised to hear you say, because that's what most people or I would say a lot of people would find more terrifying is something that is plausible. It is realistic. Yeah. This this would really happen this way. And I, I think that's part of why this movie works so well and, and scares so many people is that unlike, you know, say A Nightmare on Elm Street, where, yeah, Freddy Krueger has superpowers and the idea of falling asleep you know and dying in your dreams like is terrifying in and of itself but so much of that movie is fantasy like there's just no way that that's really going to happen whereas this movie like this is this could absolutely happen and if it did this is exactly how it would happen yeah i guess that's true yeah so i guess I'm trying to figure out why I felt that way about it, but I mean, so is the, it like the, some? Yeah, go ahead. The the other scene I was going to point to that I think is like where it gets really good toward the end of it, like you know, it, it goes from just the regular reveals to these like mannerism type shots. Yeah. And I was really surprised that you didn't react in, in this scene, um, but it's almost toward the very end. She just kind of broke out of the closet. Or she, he broke into the closet and she stabbed him. He was laying on the ground. She went out um, and told the kids, you know, go go over to the McKenzie's house. And then she's just sitting there leaning against the door. And you see him laying on the ground behind her. Yeah, and he just sits right up. He just sits straight up and just turns and looks, you know, head turned right to the camera. I mean, that's one of the most terrifying scenes in horror. Um, or at least voted on many times by people. But I, I was surprised that that didn't get a reaction out of you either. Like, were you that kind of bored or desensitized I, by that point too? I don't know. I was like, I felt like I could sort of do a countdown on that scene where I was like three, two, one, come back up. Cause I had sort of figured it out at that point. Like she stabbed him in the neck with the quilting with the, with the, I guess what was it a crochet uh, needle or something crochet yeah. needle or, or knitting needle and then that like that really should have killed him so i sort of and and then there were a few things that happened where doors sort of opened and closed by themselves so i started to think i wonder if there's like some weird supernatural type thing going on and then i sort of got more of that vibe when the needle like deep into the neck didn't kill him and then I kind of just had a feeling he was just going to get get right back up after she had she had already stabbed him once. Then I thought, right, or or had she? I can't remember. But uh, the knitting needle was the first. Right, it was knitting needle. Then she stabbed him with the hanger in the eye. Yeah. And then with the knife, yeah. And then with the knife, I don't know. I just sort of predicted he was just going to pop right back up, and I had a feeling that the gunshots weren't going to kill him. I guess. Maybe it's just because other things have copied this. That's the other point I was going to bring up is you, you made a comment about how, oh, this was following all of the the horror rules, which I, I mean, this is a pretty broad statement, so I'm not going to make it with 100 percent authority. But like this movie, in a lot of ways, wrote those rules. Uh, so I, I had a feeling, you know, this was 1978. This was before any nightmare on elm streets any friday the 13th um this movie kind of kicked off a whole decade of copycats Mm -hmm. so i I don't a hundred percent know and this is an argument i've i've been in with people before i don't a hundred percent know that i would call this a slasher movie it's it's not quite it yeah. is in the sense that you've got a, a killer who's going around, you know, multiple murders, but it doesn't fit the same pacing in, in quite the same way. However, you know, I, I would say it's it's a proto prototype kind of slasher. Mm-hmm. But this movie basically gave birth to an entire genre and an entire decade of films mm-hmm. because 
this was 1978 and basically through the entire eighties, everybody wanted to make a slasher movie. Uh, and if they could also get away with naming it after a holiday, even better. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, but it's, it's true. And you know, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of them. I mean, that's what Friday the 13th was like yeah. that came out in 1980 and that was their intent was it's like, let's make another movie like Halloween. Let's pick a different calendar date. Um, how about Friday the 13th? Cool. That sounds creepy. Let's do it. Um, and, you know, there, there, there's several, several others that have come up, you know, pick a holiday. There's there's almost a slasher named after it. And but and they all did kind of start to build and form this formula. And, uh, yeah, this kind of created that. So it's it's interesting. And, and that's kind of one of those things that I suspected. I didn't know that I that it would happen with this movie. But I did expect that as we do this show, there were going to be films that you looked at and said, oh, I've seen this done so many times. It's like, well, <laughs> true. And this is where it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. I sort of I kind of felt like I was going to run into one of those, too. I remember, you know, I remember at one point I was in high school and I was we had to read Shakespeare. And I thought, wow, this is so boring. <laughs> and unoriginal. <laughs> so I guess not. I guess I'm not comparing this to Shakespeare, but I I think I think sometimes when really original stuff is just done over and over again, and then you have someone like me who's never really seen the original stuff, it it does make sense that I wouldn't. Yeah, because like I knew he was gonna get up, and I think there. But I mean, there were really good scenes in this. Right. I think another really good one was and this one got me really well. I thought the um, the boyfriend is in the kitchen. He's like looking around for I don't know what he was looking for in the kitchen. And then one of the doors opens again by itself. And it looks the lighting is such that you it looks like it's the cabinet door or the closet door. And he checks outside first and you realize, oh, the outside door is open and then he checks the closet and then. Michael like jumps out of the basement door or whatever and mm -hmm. kills him and like nails him to the to the cabinet and then just sort of stares at him. That was pretty creepy. And I think it really made me do a double take because I didn't even notice that the other door was there. Yeah, that's that's the third scene that I would say is maybe the most famous shot in the film. And it's what it shows or to me, like what what that scene shows is. Number one, it shows Michael's strength. Super strong, crazy He's, strong, inhuman. Kind yeah, of. I, I think from little bits that I've caught here and there, he he seems to be right-handed, but in that scene, he's using his left hand to lift a, you know, full-grown teenager off the yep. floor and hold him against the wall while the while the teen is struggling. You know, yep. Michael's not even flinching, but then once he gets him pinned up there, there's this this look that he has where number one, the, the scene is silhouetted and yeah. framed so perfectly, but Michael just stands there and is just staring at him. And then he just does this head tilt. Yeah. Like, he's like, just cocks his head to the side. Like he's admiring his work or like studying it or just like curious about, huh? Like what's going on? Like it's, there's, yeah. you, you can't tell what's going on in Michael's head. But something is, and that it, it just gets to me. <laughs> like there's there's something so amazing about that scene. Yeah, it was creepy. It was a creepy scene, and I so, I really liked that it played with my expectations too. Like there were actually three doors, and I had no idea that there were three doors. So, so let me ask you this because okay. I I think I think this is another good topic for this show. Um, when, let's see, when did this start uh, around, I'm just going to say like 2005 ish, uh, horror got to a point where it seemed like Hollywood was completely out of ideas and all they could think to do was just remake the living shit out of every movie that had ever 
never been made. <laughs> they're still <And> doing it. <laughs> it's different now. Like now they're, there's this whole new thing where they're making movies that are kind of sequels or kind of remakes or kind of reboots. It's there's, it's a whole weird thing. Mm. But at that time it was studios were buying up the rights to every movie, you know, especially horror. I, I'm not going to say that it happened. It, it, it did happen in other genres. I remember watching all of my childhood favorite movies get remade like RoboCop and Total Recall and Clash of the Titans and garbage <laughs> like that. But it, it, with horror, it was literally in the news every week. We'd hear, oh, guess what movie just got its rights bought for a remake? Oh, now this movie's getting remade. Happened weekly. And mm. it drove most horror fans absolutely nuts because we're just watching all of these classic movies that we've grown up with and have loved forever suddenly get remade. And it's just like, why? Like, leave it alone. Quit tampering with it. Hmm. But the one argument that was made was that at least this is what Hollywood you know, claim was, is, hey, we're going to remake these movies because modern generations don't care about the old ones. They're not going to go back and watch this original movie. We want to update it so that we can bring in the new generation, hmm. which most horror fans scoffed at that and said, well, a, if they're too stuck up to go watch the old one, like who cares? You know, we don't want them watching it anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but also just the idea of it's like, you're not, you're not doing it justice. Like it's, it's, you're just kind of trashing on it rather than being respectful to it or whatever you have, whatever, what have you. But I, I wanted to bring it to you just to say like Halloween was one of those examples mm. um, in 2007, uh, Rob Zombie remade Halloween and oh. the Rob Zombie uh, reputation aside. Um, that was a very, very controversial move and a lot of people had very, very strong things to say about the fact that Halloween was being remade in 2007. Um, hmm. What I wonder, and, and I would be interested to watch that one now, and it, it is on the list for this show because I think I want to have the remake talk at some point. But I wonder, with you looking at something like this and saying that you found it a little bit boring, you found that it was cliched or overdone or parody, even whatever, whatever. Even though it's the opposite. <laughs> um, I wanted. I would wonder if maybe you were the target audience for some of those remakes, because if yeah. those had the pacing or the um, the aesthetics that you would be more toward your generation's sensibility. I don't know, um, but that that would be an interesting thing. Do do you think? And I, I know you're saying this without having seen it, but like, do you think a more modern version of this, like with a more modernized telling, would have helped you? I think um, I think it could have. It could have also. They could have also just lost it. I think like. This when was this when in John Carpenter's career was this done? Was it a little earlier in his career? Yes, yeah. it was right. I think like a more mature John Carpenter probably because I've seen a few John Carpenter movies and I think his I've never never felt like okay I, I'm looking for the stalker he's gonna come there. I never felt sort of like waiting for it before like this one. Like I've always been the John Carpenter movies typically I'm like creeped out kind of like feel like I want to leave on the edge of my seat kind of. And this one really started that way, but I, I some, and it, it got it in a few scenes, but I wonder if like, if he had made this again, like if John Carpenter did the remake, then it would probably be good. Be like, be, be even better. But I think that someone who doesn't, who watches it and doesn't, I worry that they might like supercharge it these days, you know, like, cause if they leave out some of the, intense pacing in the beginning, then it's not so creepy, I guess. Like he's stalking her in school and like, I don't know, some of that stuff was kind of mundane, but it was actually really creepy. Like the hedge scene, that was actually kind of creepy for me, even though it was so simple, you know? And and I think 
to your point about like it, the realism being scary, I, t I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, oh, wow, that could like actually happen. Her friend was just looking down and didn't see him, right? <laughs> you know? Um, but I think if someone does a remake of this and they don't put in that kind of feeling to it or if they rush it too much, I, I might not like it as much, right? Like that scene where... I think my favorite scene of the whole movie is the one that you first mentioned where he's sort of his face fades in from the blackness. Mm -hmm. that, that was one of the scariest. That was one of the one of the best scenes. I, it's definitely top 10 best scenes, I think, in a horror movie for me. Just just that I wouldn't say the whole movie is top 10, but I would say that that scene was really creepy. It was awful because it's like it taps into like all the boogeyman kind of fears that you have as a kid like oh what if there's a the guy's like right there and it just comes in so slowly so i think if they do a remake and they don't have those types of things then it, it probably wouldn't be as scary but i do think that the like the the maybe the middle of this movie just when the lights go out kind of like just when it gets dark i think the pacing there could have could have been a little bit better. I don't know. Mm, does that make any sense? I'm not. <laughs> it, it, it does. I, you're wrong. Um, it does. <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> um, no, I think that where what what will be interesting is I really encourage you listeners to chime in and, and send emails over to us or jump onto Facebook or Instagram and comment. Um, because I, I have a feeling that this will be your take is, is valid, but I don't think it's going to be the popular opinion. And <laughs> this is going to be the controversial episode. Um, you know, and, and a, because what I'm hearing, which is interesting, is that a lot of the things that you're saying maybe could have been done better or, or didn't work are a lot of the things that are typically praised. So, oh. The fact that it is, I've, I've, I've never heard this movie described as slow paced. A lot of people say it's, it's perfectly paced because the whole point is it's not about the fact that there's a killer on the loose. It's just setting up that atmosphere of the, the creeping dread of the idea that this is out there. It's not stopping. It's not. You know, if this were a yeah. serial killer, he would have either gotten bored or had to take a, a break to go get dinner or something like that. But, I mean, the idea is that basically from the the escape, which was the night before, up until this concluded, like, it's 24 hours of him doing nothing except obsess over this person. And, yeah, he slowly gets closer and closer and closer to her. But the idea is that it's it's a constant thing, you know, similar to did you say you've you've seen it follows? Yeah, that movie didn't do it for me really either, actually. I, that movie didn't scare me at all. <laughs> and whether it or not it worked for you, that wasn't necessarily the comparison I, I wanted to make. But just the idea of it's that creeping dread. It's that looming yeah. shadow that's just getting closer and closer and you catch glimpses of it. But seeing it is not dangerous. And even being in close proximity is not dangerous. Like in the middle of the day, we saw Loomis um, standing on a street corner and Michael drives right behind him. Um, yeah. There's multiple scenes where they're being followed by Michael in the car. Like they're right there, like yep. most of the movie. And it's kind of that feeling of if this were really out there, if there really was a boogeyman, if there really was this this shape it could be right around the corner right now. Like, you, I don't know what room you're sitting in, but look out the window. It could be there just staring at you right now. <laughs> it's not that danger of, oh, there's a knife that's about to plunge into your shoulder. But it could literally be out the window in the other room across the street, like just staring, waiting for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, which is a much more terrifying thought than there's an axe 
wielding maniac who's charging at you and about to come get you like that's that's a short burst this is yeah. the you know stalking dread um, yeah and so. I, I really do think that the beginning of the movie did that really well like i was really creeped out but i just for some reason i it stopped scaring me at some point in the movie i don't know but i know like by the time she was going in to do her clothes in the, the laundry shed somehow i got it lost me I, like i stopped being scared of that it was really weird i i maybe i could go back and figure out what it did but like where i lost that thread but i remember being super creeped out by it and like had that sense of dread right i remember thinking for instance the bedroom scene was really good because then she she gets home to her bedroom right and she looks out the window oh and there he is right and it's like oh shit now he knows where she lives you know what i mean <laughs> Well, and it's also interesting that a lot of what you're saying is a compliment to John Carpenter and the fact that yeah. he was able to make horror in daylight, which yep. is very, very difficult. But you're you're basically saying this movie creeped you out until the lights went off. Then you were pulled out, which is remarkable and <laughs> the exact yeah, opposite of pretty much what, what anybody would say. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Um, so what did you think to, and we could, this will be a good parlay into kind of the, the wrap-up conversation I wanted to have, but like, what was your take or how did you feel about the idea of this being a uh, psychopath who broke out of an asylum and is just a killer versus the idea of the boogeyman? Like, do I think, I mean, I think this, this how did, movie, well, I, I guess, number one, how did you take it? Like, what, what was your interpretation and did that work for you? And Yeah, I, I mean, I sort of interpret, because there were, there were hints in this, I thought, that so there were some doors sort of opening by themselves. Like that scene after she suddenly finds her friends all dead, right? She's sort of in a corner, right? And then the closet door opens up or the cabinet door opens up and reveals the girl in there, right? But the cabinet opened up all by itself, right? I don't think anybody moved the cabinet unless I missed something, which is possible. But I think it's definitely hinting at, you know, this person, he, you know, he went to, he was arrested as a child and he went to, you know, the insane asylum, but he was just waiting, right? Waiting till he was like strong enough or something and waiting for the right Halloween to come out. So I think he he was definitely the boogeyman, and I thought that was kind of a cool and, and creepy idea. Um, so I guess positive about that. But then, okay. yeah, I guess I wonder if it's just as you said in the beginning. Maybe I'm I'm jaded because I've seen this kind of thing too many times in in other movies. I don't know. Maybe that's why it stopped being so scary for me when the lights went out. It was like one too many times and then i'm like oh back into a typical horror movie the lights are out oh the guys get up here around every corner kind of thing maybe that's what happened okay yeah so and, and that's kind of one of the interesting debates about this th this movie itself but also kind of where the franchise goes is just the idea of was it just a killer or was it you know something supernatural and I think there's, you know, evidence for both and, and John Carpenter intentionally, yeah. to, in my mind, you know, left it open to where you could take it either way. But the, you know, you, you've got his history, you know, he was a six year old kid who killed his sister, but there's no explanation for that. Like, yeah. there's no, well, what was his childhood? Like, what happened? Like, there's no, he just did it like he was six years old and he put on a clown costume walked upstairs and stabbed his sister to death like why who knows who cares like that doesn't matter and then spent the next you know 15 years in an asylum um loomis trying to reach him trying to get through to him and the the lines that loomis drops is pretty indicative of the fact that this kid was beyond hope like he's like i spent whatever it was like i spent seven years trying to reach him and then the next eight trying to make sure he never got out um 
you know, the, the one person who should have been his advocate and who should have been cheering for him is like, nope, fuck this kid. Like he never needs to see the light of day. Um, so there's, there's kind of that turn and shift into something more sinister or evil. Um, obviously the fact that he gets shot six times and walks away indicates that there's more to this. So yeah, there's, there's all of that kind of which side of the fence do you sit on? Um, but ultimately the the point that they were trying to make was just, let's just make a movie about the boogeyman. Um, hence the fact that I noticed that you made a comment about this in the comments that he's the shape, like that's how he's credited. He's, Oh yeah. His name is Michael Myers, but that's not who he's known as. He's known as, the shape like it's just an entity just a, a, a figure a thing yeah like the shape of evil i guess yeah i i like that idea and i liked i i would say i liked that part about the movie i like that it sort of played with you like is he just a guy right so i did enjoy that i also think you know maybe and i i felt like i got past this at one point but, uh, you know, you heard me say it early on. Like, I know, I guess it's because, you know, I'm like a, a an East Coaster. I'm, I'm used to the leaves changing. And right away, I was like, that's not fallen in Illinois. So I, w- yeah, I wish I hadn't noticed that. I really wish I hadn't seen that. Yeah, and I think they do that really, or they handle that well. Um, and there's some, there's fun trivia. You can look it up on your own. But essentially that they had to, bring in leaves leaves because yeah. um because yeah it's it's in it's set in california um so all and the, if you watch it you'll you'll notice that there are leaves blowing around there's leaves falling but those are all ones that they brought in and yeah i figured <laughs> i've even heard that like between scenes they had to like rake them all up and bag them up because they needed them for the next scene you know you can't lose them i was um, wondering yeah that's so funny but all right. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to leave this alone. I'm going <laughs> to digest. Wait for all the to, comments. Try to process this. Debate whether we we get to have another show. You know, you're you're allowed back next week or not? <laughs> um, no, Scott. Come on. I need my movies every week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. To be perfectly honest, like I, I'm very tolerant of everybody having their own opinion and i i think that in in this case that's this is a perfect example of why i wanted to do this show i i wanted to hear somebody who doesn't have like i said the rose tinted glasses the bias the the, that pre-built opinion that it's like to say anything bad about 1978's halloween would be blasphemy and (laughs) it's blasphemized a lot (laughs) <laughs> but so it's like, but if you actually did take someone of younger generation, what year were you born? Uh, 1990-ish. Okay. So somebody of, of that generation, which is, you know, a, a good decade past me and my friends and, and the people that I, you know, talk horror with mostly, like, what would that impression or sensibility be? And I think that there are going to be some movies that are timeless and this, I would have thought this would have been one of them. Maybe you're unique and and you're one of the few from your generation that doesn't feel that way. But I, I I think it's perfectly valid that people are going to have differing opinions. Um, Like I said, I wouldn't have expected it to be with this movie, but I still respect the fact that that's where you come at it. So no, good, good little exercise. Very interested to hear the comments. Uh, it's a good segue into just throwing that that out to the listeners. If you have comments for Brian or um, you're, you're just completely in shock and all and, and, and want, want to let him know, uh, best way to get a hold of us is, is to either email us at freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com or jump onto Facebook or Instagram. Um, we've got pages on both fresh brains podcast you can find us there there are good discussions we always post what the next episode's going to be um so it's a great place to catch up but yeah throw throw some comments your way and you know if if 
or or if you think hey brian is wrong here um what should he watch next or hey come to brian's defense if 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 you want to jump on that bandwagon too and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll just have a whole big old discussion about this but um anyway i i think that's really all i can say um I'm not going to try to convince you you're wrong. I'm just going to let you sleep on the fact that you are and uh, <laughs> go with that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take a look outside the window and make sure nobody's staring at me. <laughs> be, be, be a good idea too. Um, yeah. No, but seriously, right. if I said something that didn't make sense, correct me. Maybe I maybe I missed I missed something or maybe maybe I'm just nuts. Maybe I'm tired. Who knows? So yeah, well, okay. Um, well, I would say in, until next week. Um, I, well, first off, everybody have a great Halloween. Um, that's yeah. coming up after this episode. So be safe. Keep all the razor blades out of your candy and all that nonsense. And uh, <laughs> yeah, until next week, uh, I'm Scott. Yeah, and I'm Brian. And just remember, if you're going to hide in the closet and stab somebody with a panger, be sure to get both eyes. Mm-hmm.